Hey guys, welcome to episode 13 of the Voice Over Roadmap podcast. On today's episode, we have a guest co-host, John Florian. John is the creator of Voice Over Extra, which is a really great resource for voiceover talent. And if you haven't checked it out, you definitely should. John and myself will talk about that on this episode, and there is links to go to Voice Over Extra in the show notes. You can find the show notes for this episode at voiceoverroadmap.com slash 013. And as always, we're going to answer a performance question, an audio question, and a business question. And if you'd like to submit a question for a future episode, you could do that at voiceoverroadmap.com slash questions. And if you like the show, uh, shoot me an email and just let me know what you think. It's always nice to hear from you guys. And uh, you can leave a rating and a review on iTunes as well. So let's jump into episode 13 with guest co-host John Florian. Hey, John, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, and me as me as well. Me as well. <laughs> I know we're, we're both super busy, but it's, it's, it's nice to talk to you and to get a chance to talk to, to everybody in your, your audience. Yeah, definitely. So um, before we jump into our audience questions, when I have a guest on the show, what I always like to do is just introduce them to the audience, because I'm sure some people are already familiar with you. But for those who aren't, I'd like to just sort of Talk a little bit about your background and your voiceover history. So can you just start out by telling us a little bit about how you very first got into VO at the beginning of your career and just a little bit about your background? Sure. It's funny. We, we don't, where does VO begin? I was in radio way back when. Uh, right, I went in, in college at Boston University. I did a broadcasting and film. And then I uh, moonlighted at an FM station, and uh, it was in, was in radio. But then I got sidetracked. I went into journalism, because I wanted to be broadcast journalist, the next Walter Cronkite, if anybody remembers who that is in your audience. And I was, I was in newspapers and in magazine publishing and editing for 25 years. And then when I, I left that world, I got into voiceovers. People were saying, hey, you got a good voice, or you got a good face for radio, you know, one of those jokes. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> So I got into voiceovers. I, I took some classes, and it went very, very well. But I wasn't making the anywhere near the money I was wake, making back in publishing. So I, I got a, quote, real job for a while and hated it and came back to voiceover. But I also wanted to get back into publishing. So I figured, what am I going to do combining it? I decided to go online with a publication, which became Voiceover Extra. And I launched that in July of 2007, which... Holy smokes, that makes me embarrassed. I should be celebrating my 10th year and yeah, I haven't I gotten around to it 10 yet. 10 years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was like, I called it then the, the CNN for voiceover, you know, news and how-to information and resources. And and it's 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 evolved from there. But it, the, the website has a lot of functions, a lot of resources. And yeah, my gosh, I've been doing it for 10 years. Wow, yeah. And um, so as sort of your career progressed, were there any sort of big milestones or, you know, big achievements that you hit along the way that, uh, you know, sort of just stand out to you or something very memorable? Yeah, geez. Just a few months after I began, people started to hear about me. And of course, I had been to a conference uh, in 2007. And Don LaFontaine, I met him and he said, oh, I'll help you. And of course, I never had a chance to do that because he passed away soon. Yeah. After after that, but I met a lot of people and they were real helpful. And I remember uh, several months in, I had 500 subscribers, and Pat Fraley told me, "Hey, you're going to have 5,000 before <laughs> long." Or, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I'm going back. I had 50, and he says, "Hey, you have uh, 500 before long." And I did within the first year, and now I've got over 5,000. Wow. That's that's the uh, that's the thing. But I have two separate subscription lists. One is the 5,000 for 
product announcements, uh, industry announcements, and the special reports. And then people can also sign up for news alerts whenever we publish a new article, which is several times a week, uh, or maybe daily at times when I get real busy. And that's another place. And both can be subscribed to for free at our website. So is voiceover extra and sort of, you know, obviously all the work that goes along with managing that and, you know, promoting it and everything, is that sort of become more of a full-time thing or do you sort of split your time between that and doing VO work? What's your typical kind of schedule look like these days? Well, you know, I moved uh, to a new house about uh, two years ago and I've yet to really set up a proper audio studio. So Uh voiceover extra is my full-time now. And it, besides the, the articles, and we host one or two webinars per month. And another milestone you mentioned just came to me in 2013. I put on what was called VoiceOver Virtual. I'd always wanted to have a big, big conference, but online. And so we set it up. We had a lot of fun. It lasted about six months. I, it was only going to go through three days, but it lasted six months. <laughs> And we had people signed in, uh, people subscribe, like, you know, register as you would for a conference. You come in, and, and there, right on the screen in front of you, is this exhibit hall and then and an auditorium where I think we called it the VOplex or something, where all the, I had over 50 presentations of how to presentations from uh, coaches and everything. And we had, oh, as I say, the exhibit hall and chat rooms and agents and everybody live. And they were live for three nights. And then we had weekly sessions, but anyway, it lasted three months, and it was it was quite a thing. It was pretty exhausting, and I was always going to want to do that again, but I have not yet. Wow. So was that like people would connect to it online, and they'd be virtually yeah. sort of attending? Yeah, wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a virtual, uh, it was a conference. You could come into it anytime. We were live like from 6 and Eastern time, 6 p.m. Eastern to 11 p.m. Eastern, and then people could access the recordings, though, 24-7 for the next... Uh, I don't know, for, well, that was September until the end of December. We wow. we kept everything open. And was it like video and audio, or was it just strictly audio? Video, oh, it was, oh, it was all video, all all video, and we could chat with each other. And people would go to the exhibit hall, mm-hmm. and the a- exhibitors would be there online. They just click on a on a person, and then they come in and they have a video chat. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and, um, yeah it was really cool. Yeah, and, and some other people are doing that now. There's a Zoom system and the GoToWebinar. Right, right. It's become pretty common, but not that as extensive as I did. And so maybe something will come up again like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that sounds much more in-depth than, you know, some of the webinars and some of the other things that are mm-hmm. you know, floating around mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But um, for people, I guess, who aren't really familiar with VO Extra or haven't been there, can you just give us a little rundown about the basically what the site is and what kind of things, you know, voiceover talent will find when they go there? Oh, sure. When you go there, you will see in the middle column are all the news and how-to features from, I saved a lot of them from back to 2007, so there's probably thousands of them there now. And you click on that, and these are stories written by the top professionals in voice acting, and and Michael, you did one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got you to do some more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's how-to stuff, and it's all categorized. It's like in voice acting, home studio, um, business and marketing, mm-hmm. and scams, and anything you want to do. There's yeah, also a, a, mm-hmm. a drop-down function where you can search the types of articles. And you can search for topics and authors and all that. And then, of course, uh, we also do training via webinars. And the webinars are usually one or two a month. And on the left-hand column at the website, they're there. And the recordings are also able to be purchased 
And uh, I keep about two months of, I mean, about two years of recordings are there on the website now. So people can go scroll among the topics and see what they want. And one thing that I like to do is keep it affordable. Some of the webinars are, I don't know, $100, $200. I mean, they don't do that. It's, it's 49 is usually the top price. <laughs> and we just want a lot of people to be able to learn and um, do things right. Right. Absolutely. And so are those webinars sort of VO extra webinars or are they sort of webinars that are being run by other talent and coaches that VO extra is just kind of, you know, part of the co-promotion, so to speak? No, they're all mine. Okay. Cool. And, and I, but I do partner with a coach like uh, gotcha. uh, J. Michael Collins or something will present it. I will, I will um, in, introduce people and get tongue tied usually. And I say, oh, come on. Now you take over, do the training. <laughs> they do the training and it's all on video. I mean, there's just PowerPoint slides. But the video was all always seen. We had Dan Leonard does spectacular home studio webinars mm-hmm. where he actually steps into the screen. He's got a, a green screen behind him yeah, I've seen where, that. He, where he projects the actual uh, how you how you manip- manipulate, say, Audacity, Audition, or anything like that. But he's standing there showing you, so it's it's a lot of fun. And where are those uh, topics coming from? Are you coming up with some ideas for the webinar topics, or the coaches contacting you with ideas? A little bit of both. How does that work? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, you also have some events, you know, you promote events that are coming up, like if people want to go to, you know, any conferences or stuff like that. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. I'm just kind of browsing the website now, actually, as we're talking, just, you know, making sure I, I didn't forget anything that was on there too. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, I think a good way to sum it up is just, it's a go-to resource really for voiceover. I mean, there's just kind of everything here, you know, tons of helpful information and really for people of all experience levels, right? I mean, it's not just for people who are just starting out and, you know, don't know anything about voiceover. It's really there's stuff for, you know, I, I read stuff myself and learn stuff on here. So it's, I, and do you sort of, you know, kind of put it together in that way to appeal to voiceover talent from all experience levels? Yeah, my my indications and surveys, I asked people in the past, you know, how long have you been in voiceover and what are your intentions? And maybe half have been here maybe one to five years. And then the other half is the other. The the, the, the people who have been here longer than five in voiceover longer than five years, I think they want to just keep an eye on what's going on. Mm-hmm. But the real learning, the, the, the articles and, and stuff is, I, I'd say most of it is directed to people in the early years of a career. Right. In the first few years. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and for anybody who wants to check that out, uh, the link I will obviously be in the show notes. I'll make it nice and easy to find, but it is voiceoverextra.com, and extra is X-T-R-A, not E-X-T-R-A. Yeah, thank you. I know. I, <laughs> I, well, you know, if somebody puts the E in there, I've also got a, a range that oh, it'll like go to you, the site too, good, but good. it's correct. It's E-less. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's actually really smart. So if I typed in voiceoverextra with the E, it would still take me there? It should. Okay. <laughs> I, can't I haven't tried it. Too, I didn't test it out. It's set up that way. Okay. No, that's smart. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Um, yeah. So the last thing I know you kind of mentioned that you're transitioning. You don't really have a studio space set up yet, but what's your kind of current voiceover recording setup look like if, you know, when you had it set up previously or if you get it, you know, reset up now, just in terms of, you know, the microphone you're using, your interface, uh, what is your actual space like? Uh, can you just, you know, give us a little description of your kind of current rig? It'd be very simple, you know. As Dan Leonard says, "Keep it simple." Mm-hmm. I would have a um, well. My microphone is it's a Harlan Hogan Signature One A, is what he calls it, mm-hmm. and I think that was about two hundred dollars. And an interface was a, a Focusrite, and I mm-hmm. just still have to set that up. And 
the headphones I have, let's see, another Harlan Hogan setup, but there's also Sennheiser is great. Some others I'm using right now, I'm using a Sennheiser game set, gaming set oh, uh, wow. for, for both speaking and hearing. And that I use on webinars, and it, it's perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. And, but beyond that, it's... Um, well, oh, and SoundForge, that's what I use for my for my, um, my recording and editing software. Sure. Beyond that, it's a matter of getting the acoustics right. And that doesn't have to be too difficult. It's a matter of, of strategically placing the RLX and, uh, you know, yep. around, you know, the bass traps, you know, if you have a... a a kind of an, a, a ceiling that comes together in 95 angles, degree, you know, very straight. Right. You want to do, a, do an angled bass trap and things like that and, and just experiment with how to deaden your sound. And then, then like I, I, I'm going to mention, this is the last time I'll give him a plug, but Dan offers a, a free uh, service where if you, go, you send him a, a sample audio, he'll, he'll analyze it for you. And you can tell it could be as simple as oh, got to change the uh, the Oralex or someplace else, and that's the main thing. You got you got basically good equipment, and you get the acoustics right, and then it's really really just designed to project or to to record you the best you the best possible sound. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned the acoustics because that's huge, and I think you know sometimes especially people who are new. They might get caught up in, you know, the microphone and sort of, you know, the fun stuff. But um, really, I mean, you can get an amazing microphone and spend a ton of money on it. But if you're recording in a really bad sounding room, it's going to sound really bad still. All you're going to get is just a really great recording of a really bad sounding room. So. Yeah, the great microphones that pick up everything will pick up all the crap. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, it's definitely, I mean, a huge consideration where where you're actually going to record, how you set that room up in addition to the actual equipment and the gear that you get. So it's important that people don't overlook and that. Yeah, and, and you know also how to use the microphone. Mm -hmm. I, I was uh, miserable my first, no, well, I didn't do it right the first couple uh, years. I had the microphone in front of me on the desk with the, the pop screens to, to keep out of the, yeah. the, the plosives. And I was speaking right into what they call the sweet spot, you know, looking looking at the microphone, the top of the microphone, the condenser mic. And that's wrong. Kind of, well, here's the better way to do it is get a, get a, uh, a boom mic or get a, a microphone stand and hang the microphone upside down. And then you speak just below it. You don't aim your lips at the microphone at all, but just below it, and you won't get any plosives going into it. And you have your, you still have your mouth about six inches away, but that also lets you just look at the copy straight ahead. Yeah, it's absolutely. a wonderful system. Yeah, basically, if you just think about it as you know your those P and B sounds where the plosives come out, that burst of air is you know shooting straight out of your mouth. And if you're right. facing right into the capsule of the microphone, guess where it's going to go? It's going to go right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I have a couple of my own specific questions for you before we jump into our audience questions. Um, okay. For you as somebody, you know, who runs VoiceOver Extra and has this huge resource and everything. Um, so as the creator of VoiceOver Extra, how important do you feel that it is for talent to be constantly educating themselves, constantly reading and learning and attending webinars, you know, watching videos, all these, I mean, the internet provides us with all sorts of great resources. So how important do you feel that it is for talent of really all experience levels to be constantly doing these sorts of things and constantly educating themselves? Well, it's interesting. Naturally, I would think you got to constantly do it. But you know, as you were saying that, Mike, I was thinking, you got to watch where you where you do it, actually, and how much you, you could become a, a a student junkie. You know, a, a, uh -huh, uh -huh. too much too much emphasis on on learning 
and, and trying to learn and doing it better, uh, it just, just kind of keep you away from actually jumping in and doing it, you know, I mean, the, the newcomers. Great point. And at some point, you got to say, okay, I've got a halfway decent demo, and now i got to start marketing and, and just jump into it. And you will learn what kind of sounds that your clients want from you, and that's an education in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, with like I said, with so much information out there, it's easy to just sort of stay in learning mode and at a certain point you have to take action and um you know i think it is good to to be reading and to be learning and stuff but then to be applying what you're learning and reading and not just soaking all this information in and not doing anything with it yeah you you get an idea of where your voice is best suited and what type of voice acting you want to do with animations or documentaries or Mm -hmm. commercials kind of go in that direction say okay i need to learn some more about commercials so then you search for the best courses on that and there's tons of home study courses and uh, webinars and things you can do online and then there's also when you go to a, a, a reputable conference there will be some sessions on that too but focus 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 and and also Research when you find something you want to go to, Google that coach's name and Google something about how made that conference and see get some comments on it. Have they been around a long time? Because somebody can say they're a coach and they're not really that good. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Yeah, to do your homework and your research, and uh, yeah, yeah, you want to learn from people who know what they're talking about and people who yeah. you know have the experience. Absolutely. And so through Vo Extra, I mean, I know I've connected with you through there and. I know you've connected with a ton of other voiceover talent and other industry uh, professionals through there. So how important do you feel that is for talent to be networking, not only with obviously prospects and people that they want to get work from, but also to be networking with other talent and sort of their industry peers? Do you think that that's an important thing to sort of bring into your uh, workflow as a talent? Oh, hugely. Like I was just uh, over the weekend in New York City and to the Voice Arts Awards. And it was just tremendously important to network with people there. For one thing, it, it breeds confidence. It gives you confidence in yourself. You, you're a part of it. You do, I'm part of this community, this wonderful community, this very supportive one. And whenever you have questions, people are more than happy to help you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just, just being feeling a part of that brings a lot of confidence. And, but also networking, you will ask people, how did you do this? How do you do that? And you'll get some advice and some that way too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I mean, I guess as you're going along, if you find yourself in a, you know, unique situation with a client or something like that, it's nice to sort of have, you know, a network of people you can reach out to for advice and feedback. And yeah, because, you know, you can do some research and try to find articles and this and that, try to answer your questions that way. But if you just know some really experienced, really great talent and, you know, you're friends with them or you've met them in person or spoke with them on the phone or whatever, just to be able to reach out to them and, you know, ask a question or give them advice. Yeah, I think that's a big thing for sure. They become best friends. They become not only professional colleagues, but so so many people have said, "Oh my God, this is the best friend," and it just just it's just wonderful. I know that you know from the times that I've met met with other voiceover talent and spoke with them. Just as a community, you know, on the whole, like voiceover talent seem to be so generous with their time and really willing to help and provide. Uh, you know, feedback and advice. And if you've never, you know, reached out to another talent before, that might be counterintuitive because you might think like, well, they're my competition. Why are they going to want to answer my question? Or why why are they going to want to give me advice or something like that? 
But um, I honestly have never experienced that ever. I've never like, you know, either reached out to somebody with a question or had somebody reach out to me and had any sort of level of that, you know, competitiveness there whatsoever. We, we cheer each other on. We're not competitive, really. Mm-hmm. We cheer each other on, especially at the awards shows. You'll, I mean, when somebody wins an award, it's, oh, my gosh, whoa, you know, hoops and hollers. You're just so happy for anybody else to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great. I mean, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, move along to our audience questions for this week. So as always, we have a performance in audio and a business question. So we'll start out with our performance question this week, which comes from Joe. And Joe asks, how many different read styles or types of voiceover should a professional talent be able to perform? Is it okay to just have one or two strengths or do you need a broader skill set to make a full-time career? So yeah, do you have any specific thoughts on that one? Yeah, I have some thoughts. So first, you're going to start off with a narrative, with a um Two demos, one for commercial and one for, I guess we call it industrial or, or narration. Mm-hmm. And so that that's kind of the basic and you get into that. But in those in those two fields, you're going to find a lot of different play, a lot of different types of voiceovers. And you want to cover the field in that as much as, as, much as you can, as much as you feel good at. And you're not going to be good at everything all at once. Right, absolutely. But that's what the focus on. And then if you want to do characters, that's another demo. If you want to branch into medical that's another demo. There, the specialized demos all over the place, niche demos. But begin with the commercial and narration, and then see where your flow wants to go. I think it's people try to wear the, they wear themselves out trying to uh, going too thin with too many different types of styles. They're, they try, and they're not really good at they're not really great at any one thing. Mm-hmm. And you could pick up a bunch of work along the way, but you really excel when you get known for a particular niche or two, and then just focus on that. It's going to take a while to develop what that will be. Yeah, I agree. I think it is, uh, you know, it's a good strategy and a good plan to come up with what your strengths are and then, you know, focus your efforts there. But at the beginning, right. you know, you might not know what they are. So then that's that's where, you know, you kind of audition for different projects, see what ones you start to get a better response to, what sort of jobs you start booking. But yeah, commercial narration reel is definitely where to start. And um, I guess in terms of Joe's question, how many different read styles or types of voiceover should you be able to perform? I don't think there's a number. I mean, it's just, you know, you find your strengths and you do that by at the beginning trying different things. And then, you know, you sort of focus your efforts after that. But um, like me personally, I'm not a character voiceover actor. I don't do a million different voices or anything. So mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of have variations of my own regular speaking voice. And that's pretty much the kind of work that I do. So it's either you know, sort of a casual kind of voice the way I'm speaking now, or maybe it's a little bit more energetic, or maybe it's a little more serious for like a narration, but it's just sort of different like flavors or styles of my own speaking voice. So, and that works, you know, you don't have to be somebody who can do a million different voices and, you know, perform eight roles in one commercial or something like that. Um, right. You know, if you can that, that, that kind of leads great. into what are you, what are you going to audition for? Yeah. Don't waste your time or don't waste the producer's time and auditioning for something you're crap at. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, yeah. that you're just, just stretching yourself at. Just yeah. just go for something you have a real shot at. Yeah. And that's wasting your time, too, because if it's an audition, mm-hmm. you know, that you're not sure. really well suited for, you could spend that time doing a million other things. And there's probably people who that is their strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I approach like sometimes uh, like if it's like a movie, a uh, movie trailer kind of read. Like I could kind of do some stuff like that, but I'm not a movie trailer voice. That's just not me. Mm-hmm. And there are people who that's their strength. So I don't audition for that kind of stuff because it's just not really worth my time. It's very low percentage chance I'm going to book it. And uh, yeah, and it's it wastes you know the person casting its time 
But that doesn't mean that when I started out, I didn't try it. I did. I tried auditioning for yeah. that stuff and yeah. never got any traction. So, you know, you kind of learn that way. But um, yeah, yeah. So I uh, hope that answers your question, Joe. Uh, it's a great one. And I think that's something that a lot of people who uh, you know, are starting out are probably curious about. So moving on to our audio question, which comes from Rachel, and she asks, with so many different microphone options and advice on gear out there, what's a good process for a talent to use when selecting a mic? Yeah, what's a good, good what's a good uh, selection? Yeah, a good process, a good basically like what's a good way that a talent could find their microphone or, you know, find yeah, their it, it's kind of difficult. Well, one thing is don't go to a, an audio store like a Sam Ash or Guitar Center or something and say, I want want a real great. I want the best thing that's going to make my, sound, my, my voice sound great. They're going to oversell you. Yeah, for sure. You don't need something more than a $100, $150 mic that's, that's going to be a good quality. It's going to be a condenser mic, and there are different types. There's certainly, you, need, you could have a, a USB one that, that connects the mic directly to the computer, but I think you're going to get better quality if you, you use something that goes through an interface and into the computer, and you can control outputs and all kinds of levels through that. Right. So the basic setup, you don't want to, don't need to send a whole, spend a whole lot. There are some mics that favor female voices over male and make you sound a little richer and so forth. And for those, yeah, you you can try them out, them out, excuse me, out at the source. Yeah, and, and just yeah, see what sounds sounds best to you. If you can even detect the difference, it's awfully hard to know. Yeah, it's usually subtle, and um, you know, it is microphones are sort of a unique thing in the sense that. You could have a mic that's $100 and a mic that's $1,000, and you'd think, okay, well, the $1,000 mic is going to sound better, right? But on your particular voice, might the $100 mic might sound better. It's just, you know, they sort of, they're unique for the application and for your voice and your space and your setup. So I think the way to go definitely yeah. is, you know, a condenser mic into an interface, or there's, you know, popular dynamic mics out there too and other types, but um, like the SM7B and stuff like that. But um, yeah, you know, a nice condenser mic, it could be a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, uh, you know, into an interface. And that could also, you don't have to go crazy with the interface. That could be a hundred bucks, 200 bucks also. Um, but if you wanted to sort of, you know, do a little research and try try different mics and see, uh, you know, if there is one that sort of sounds better, let's say you found a couple of mics that are all in the same price range and you're not really sure how to choose between them. Um, you know, like John was saying, you can try them out at the store. Some places will let you actually rent microphones so you can bring it home to your own studio. Something you can do is if you're browsing around online and you find another voiceover talent who has a voice similar to yours, you can ask them what they use and ask them, you know, what their recommendations are. What mics have they used in the past and what kind of things did they try out? Um, that kind of goes back to networking and getting in touch with other voiceover talent and, um, you know, just a way to kind of form those connections as well. But um, yeah, again, it's the kind of thing, microphones and gear in general is the kind of thing that I think people can get a little overboard with and you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to spend a thousand dollars on a microphone, you know, right off the bat. You could work your way up there for sure, but um, you know, you can well, if you need to. I mean, if you're doing certain certain types of uh, narrations from home, some medical narrations and e-learning, you don't need the highfalutin microphone. Mm -hmm. And if but if you get into a niche where it's it's critical, more critical, by that time you're going to know which you're going to be hearing from other people which microphone is recommended. And even the producers, your clients, if, if you're working with a production house, they could have some recommendations also. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you find yourself in that sort of situation where you're really, really, you know, focused on a certain niche and, uh, you know, people start giving you recommendations in that sense, for sure. But by that point, you know, you've probably been in the industry, been working a little bit, you know, you'll sort of have a little more uh, experience and a little more knowledge. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but at the beginning, you know, I think it's you could just start where you are. You don't have to go crazy and, uh, you know, you work your way up. Sure. 
So let's jump over to our last question for this week, which is our business question. And this one comes from Kenny. And he has a pretty simple question. He asks, if I wish to go full-time, what are the key steps to take? So yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's make sure you have some money question. to support you. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> huge. That's huge, yep. But really, uh, well, since you've been part-time, you have a, a client roster, certainly. And you want to be sure that that roster will pretty much stay as it is and you know how to continue marketing when you go full-time. One of the biggest things is to be disciplined and organize your day. Make sure that you're not just just auditioning all the time. You, you pay attention to other marketing avenues. Mm-hmm. Call, you know, go to Google and call production houses around you. Make make sure maybe half of your eighty percent of your full time business is going to be auditioning and marketing yeah. to get the business, mm-hmm. and be structured in how you do that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, you know, if you're working part time, I think that's sort of the way to do it is to work part time at first, start building something and, you know, start really building something, not just, oh, you know, I got two voiceover jobs over the past couple of months. I think I'm just going to go try full time, like actually, you you know, get some momentum, get the ball rolling, get a client list, get to the point where hopefully people are emailing you directly, asking you for auditions, asking you, you know, to record projects, Um, you know, and then track everything and, you know, and be really diligent in, you know, what marketing efforts are working, which ones aren't working, um, you know, who are my clients, how often do I hear from them, have a plan to reach out to them and stay in touch with them, really start building the business and doing all the things that, you know, are going to need to be in place for a full-time, you know, ongoing business. Um, sure, you, you can get yeah. software, the contact, customer contact software, yep. or yep. use CRM a spreadsheet, stuff. but make sure you have a tickler file as to how to keep up with people and uh, Look at, for instance, the the voiceover extra. Go to go to there and search for marketing and business articles, and you'll find all kinds of ways to set set up your business and set up your life. And of course, you want to be sure that you know how to run a business. You know, accounting wise, you're going to invoices and collections and reporting and taxes and insurance and perhaps setting up as an LLC, a corporate in corporations, because that that's one to have an LLC or to be incorporated is a nice way to convince the IRS that you're a legitimate business and they'll accept your deductions when you go to shows and you have your expenses. There's a whole lot to take care of there. Yeah, yeah. And it just, you know, it goes back to building a real business. And in terms of the question, you know, what are the key steps to take? I think that's the key step to take is to make sure that, you know, while you're still doing it part-time that you've actually really started to build momentum and turn it into a business. Because Mm -hmm. if it's just sort of like a hobby or something you're doing here and there part-time, then there's no guarantee that if you, you know, jump to full-time that it's going to work out as a business if you haven't really proven anything part-time. Whereas right. if part-time, you can build it into a successful business and now you have, you know, ongoing work and you have a client list part-time, then you should only be able to grow that further when you go full-time and have more, you know, effort and more time that you can put into it. So Some of the yeah. most success, successful <laughs> voice actors and friends that I have uh, are very fortunate. Their wives take care of the business for them. So they <laughs> go ahead and they just do all the, you know, the voicing and some of the marketing and stuff, but yeah. the back end... The taxes, the accounting, the invoices, they take care of them. And if you don't have that kind of a setup, well, get somebody who can help you if you don't do it yourself. But yeah. it, a lot of people figure, well, just outsource that so that they can spend more time bringing the money in. Yeah, and that's and, a great growth And, and a big thing is, is kind of realize what you don't do well, outsource it yep. to somebody else. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, uh, you know, if you don't have somebody that, you know, personally, a lot of talent will just use virtual assistants and there's, you know, other options in sure. terms of that that you can do online. But yeah, that's a great way to grow, you know, as, as you move along is start outsourcing the stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be done by you because really, you know, you can have somebody else, you know, send out your invoices and do the bookkeeping and that kind of stuff, but nobody's going to be able to step in front of the microphone and record an audition, but you, so you're sure. good. So, you know, get to the point where you can spend as much time as possible doing the things only you can do and then outsource the other stuff, especially if it's stuff that you're not particularly good at and maybe somebody else is better at. Sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's uh, definitely, it's not an easy thing, Kenny, but it's, um, you know, if you put the time into it part-time and, you know, nights and weekends, that kind of thing, and you can start growing something, uh, I think you can get to the point where then you decide to make the leap. And in terms of when you are ready to make that leap from part-time to full-time, I don't think there's really any sort of finish line it's kind of gotta you know depend on you personally and your situation but um i think the one thing to keep in mind is that make sure you've really started to build a business before you before you do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm going to give a plug here we do have a book about that called voice over legal it's a voiceoverlegal.com and it's also uh you can link to it from the website but Rob Siglin-Paglia, who is an attorney and he's also a voice actor and an actor and a now a film producer it kind of kind of wrote the book on entertainment law there, how to set up a business and also how to protect yourself and some issues, uh, liability issues. So it's it's a, it's a great resource. Yeah, that's and great. it's available online or by paperback. Yeah, no, I'll definitely I'll put the uh, link in the show notes to uh, for that as well. So oh, you guys thank can find you. That nice and easy. Yeah, for sure. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, legally, you know, legal questions and stuff and accounting questions like, you know, I think that's something. You know, voiceover talent, for the most part, they're coming from a creative side of things and a talent side of things. And the business side and the legal side and all that is kind of the murky waters, so to speak. So um, to have a good resource to go to, especially from somebody who's, you know, a voiceover talent or been in the voiceover world, for sure. That's really helpful. But uh, yeah, Kenny, thank you so much for the question. That is a great one as well. And uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for our questions for this week. Uh, I just want to say thank you again, John, so much for being here. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, do you have any sort of closing words or just anything else you want to add that we didn't touch on or anything to add to stuff that we did touch on or just anything you'd like to say to close things out? Well, a closing thought for a career is be persistent, be honest with yourself. When you ask other people, your your loved ones and your family's friends for evaluations of your voice, <laughs> don't take it too much to heart. Uh, because some might be overly critical and some might be thinking that you should be something that you're not. It's basically on you and work with your coaches, your trusted coaches. And I would work, suggest working with a bunch of different coaches at various times because someone's going to make something click for you more than somebody else. And you pick up different points from different people and then you become the person who knows most about you and most about how to help yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Yeah, to get different perspectives, you know, and just to mm-hmm. get different input from people with different backgrounds, different experiences. Yeah, that's it's all great stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so thank you again so much, John, for being here. And uh, this is a great episode. I hope you guys uh, got a lot of good, useful information out of it. And uh, yeah, again, the links to everything that John and myself talked about will be in the show notes. And you guys thank can you, check Mike. that out. Yeah, absolutely. And, Thank uh, you, Mike. And and, and yeah. let's stay in touch with the next article, all right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I've been meaning to uh, get back to writing a little bit, for, so definitely, for sure. Very good. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, good talking to you as well, John. Talk soon. All right. Thank you guys for listening to episode 13. Thank you again to John so much for being on the show and for taking some time to speak with us today and help answer some questions. Again, links to everything that John and myself talked about is in the show notes, and you can find those at voiceoverroadmap.com slash 013. 
And if you'd like to submit a question for a future episode, you could do that at voiceoverroadmap.com slash questions. So thank you guys so much for listening and for all the feedback that I've gotten from some of you so far. It's really great to hear what you think of the show and what you get out of it and the kind of things that you're learning. So really appreciate that as well. And we'll see you guys next week in episode 14. Talk soon.